Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a mental health professional, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional on the Still Trippin' podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Still Trippin' Podcast. I'm your host, David, and as always, I got some cool guests with me today. But before we get started, I gotta remind you guys something. I don't know if you guys have been hearing my message, but every single week I'm trying to tell you, get stance socks, okay? If your feet aren't ready for summer, and you can't put your foot inside of some flip-flops, and you're not ready for that yet, get some stance socks. It's gonna make your toes bedazzled, like I said last week, from busted to bougie. It's going to help your game quite a bit. And I know all you kids out there, all you young people, like to be rolling your pants up, trying to go old school. I'm looking at you right now in front of one of my guests. Rolling those pants. See, are they rolled up right now as we talk? Mm-hmm. Rolling your pants up. What do you do? Roll your pants up and show some old socks, some holes in it? No. Go to stance.com, but more specifically, if you're here locally, go to Fashion Place Mall. Go talk to my boys down there. Devin's the manager down there. Great people, great dudes. They will look at your fashion. They'll help pick the right socks for you. They'll get you dialed in. Stance.com or Stance Socks. Or um, they also have great clothing now, too. They got great shirts. They got bags. They got um, underwear attire. All the stuff that you need for your garment needs to make you look bougie and stylish at the same time. So Stance.com, Stance Store, and Fashion Play Small. Go get yourself hooked up. And speaking of Stance Socks, we've got some winners to announce for last week's contest. So here on the Still Trippin' Podcast, every single week, we are going to be giving away Stance Socks. So last week's contest, if you don't follow us on Instagram, go to Instagram, Still Trippin' Podcast, and follow us. But last week, we had a contest called the Don't Hate, Congratulate Contest. So basically what that was is anyone out there that's listening to us or following us on Instagram, we just wanted you to give a shout out, congratulate someone that's been influential in your life, help you through difficult times, or just someone you look up to and respect. So we picked two winners from last week's contest, and we want to announce them. So first off, the person who uh, nominated this person is at Esta B. Nick, and she nominated, um, I'm assuming that's a she. I apologize if you're not a she. Um, She nominated, or you nominated, at Sarah underscore Sesterhen. So Sarah underscore Sesterhen, please get on Instagram. Hit us up in the DMs. Send us your um, address so we can send you a fresh new pair of stance socks. And our second winner is going to be at Bailey. And she got nominated by at Dana Graham 6890. So that is our winner at Bailey. And at Bailey, please DM us your address as well so we can get you your stance socks in the mail. So thank you guys for those of you who took the time to nominate someone in your life that you think is deserving of a hookup because they've just been a great friend, a great mentor, just just a good person, good influencer in your life. And we want to kick off this week's contest. So this week's contest, we're going to be um, doing something a little bit different. I call this one a connection contest. Here's how it works. All of you listeners, get on Instagram. You can either DM us more detailed information, or you can just put it on um, our post when we post this episode, uh, which will come out on Thursday. Here's how the connection contest works. I want you to reach out in the next week, once you hear this, reach out to someone that you've been thinking about. Maybe someone that you're worried about. Maybe someone that you 
um, has known you know that they've been going through a hard or difficult time. You just haven't really seen them lately. You haven't let them know how much they need, how much they mean to you. Reach out to someone, or or it could be even be apology. Maybe you've been avoiding someone because you did them dirty, and you're trying to avoid them, but you know you owe them an apology. Apologize to someone. Reach out to someone. Tell them you're thinking about them. Hit someone up and just simply say, my life is better because you're in it. Then message us, like I said, either in the DMs or when we post this episode, message us and let us know what you did. You don't have to prove it, okay? We're just going to take your word for it. You could be like, hey, I hit up my old friend, said let's go to lunch. We planned a lunch date because I know they've been going through a hard time and they mean a lot to me. Or I apologize to a teacher or a parent, whatever it may be. And then we'll pick one of you as a winners for next week's Dance Socks giveaway. So this is called the Connection Contest. All you got to do is message us and let us know something you've done to connect with another human being. Because at the end of the day, you're only as good as your relationships. If you're reaching out to people, letting them know that you care about them, one, it's going to make you feel good, and it's going to stoke them out too. I mean, I've never gotten a text message or a message on social media or a phone call from someone to tell me how much I, I mean to them or how much I've inspired them or if, you know, if they needed to apologize to me. I've never gotten that and gotten pissed off. Never been like, stop saying those nice things to me. This is horrible. Why would you say those things to me? Nobody says that. So the worst case is going to happen is they're going to be thankful, they're going to be appreciative of that, and you're going to get a dope pair of stance socks. So connection contest, look forward to your entries. All right, without further ado, got a couple guests in front of me. Now, like all of my guests, I know from different walks of life, a lot of guests that have come on the Still Trippin' podcast, I know from Quit Trippin' Sport Groups. Um, both of these young people, not as young as they used to be, <laughs> one's in his early 20s and one's almost done being a teenager, right? You don't have, you know, you have less than a year left in the teenage years. Um, I actually met them through family friends many, many moons ago, uh, about 10, 11 years ago. Been very close with their family and we'll, we'll probably get into it in the podcast, but their family went through um, just a horrible tragedy many years ago and... Um, they reached out to me just because, I, like I said, I'm friends with them. And so I, I've tried to do – I haven't tried. I've, I've tried to be as good as a friend as possible to, to their family. And so I wanted them both to come on here because not only do they have an interesting story, but they've got some really great life advice for all of you young people. So like some of our recent episodes, we're going to talk, we're going to freestyle for a little bit, but then we're going to answer some questions from some people that send in some questions specifically about things that these young people have experienced. So – a lot of the questions that we're going to be dealing with today have to do with blended families, step parents, stuff like that, because my two guests are siblings, but not the typical biological siblings, because we all know family isn't necessarily blood, okay? Because a lot of us out there, a lot of you listeners out there have family members that you wish you could trade for some friends, like, you know, it's, that's not like the NBA or NFL. It's like, yeah, if you want to <laughs> trade this person, this friend for this family member, um, but Let's, let's face it, some of our friends are closer family, and you don't have to be blood-related, so you guys are siblings, so let me introduce our first guest, Marn, pleasure to have you with Hi. us. Thanks, it's a pleasure to be here and do this. That's right, <laughs> and her big brother, Colton. What's up? <laughs> pleasure so, to be here as well. It's like one of those things where you like rethink how you said hi, or like here yeah. in fifth grade this is going to be one of those things for me i think you're going to look back on it yeah. wish you want to change it up mm. well, well yeah but the good thing about it is you can't because we record it we <laughs> don't edit it at all that's the great thing about the still tripping podcast at least i think it's great we record it we drop the mic we walk away we put up on the internet forever 
We're Great. just going to shoot for everyone to then, listen to. Exactly. No, but thanks you guys for coming in because I've watched both of you grow up and both of you, like a lot of young people, have had a lot of different ups and downs. Um, but how our families met and, you know, how I got to know you guys, you know, as I mentioned a little bit ago, was from a, a pretty big tragedy. So let's just kind of just dive in the deep end first, just kind of get this out there, because this is really important for our listeners to know this, because when we talk and when you guys answer questions, I want everybody to understand that you guys, you guys have had some, you guys have had a lot of experience at a very young age. So um, Colton, why, why don't you kick us off with it? So Colton, why don't you just share um, first off, we'll just start with the tragedy and then we'll kind of work backwards. So why don't you just give us a little bit of information about yeah. what you guys have been through. Starting off, uh, yeah, as, as you mentioned, blended family, lots of, lots of members from lots of different areas. His, hers, mine. <laughs> His, hers, families. mine, the others, you know, it's, um, makes for a big family and a lot of fun. Um, but in, in that big family, uh, my, um, dad, after getting divorced from my mom, remarried to my stepmom and Marin's mom, um, yeah, my mom. which is Marin's <laughs> mom. Yeah. And, um, I, you know, Marin was adopted into the family and has become, you know, my blood and my, my dad and my stepmom had, um, one son together. Um, and I, how many years ago was it now? Six? Yeah, almost six. Six years ago, there was um, an accident that happened in, in Lake Powell. I, yeah, in, in June of 2013, um, we were there, and um, it was it – was, we were just doing our normal family trip to Lake Powell. We you guys do it every year, right? Every, yeah. every single year, you know? It was, Tons of fun. It one of those dream destinations you'd always dream about the summer trip to Lake Powell, you know, always excited to go get pumped up. And, um, we were there having a wonderful trip, you know, had been there for five, six days already. And it was our last day. We only had one more day on that lake and we decided to go out for one last tubing run, go spend one more, one more day hitting the waves, having fun in the sun. It was, it was going to be great. Um, and as, as we went out and got going, uh, my, my dad was driving the boat, the speed boat that was pulling the tube. I was out on the tube and then it was my little sister, Marin, um, my other sister, little sister, Jenna, um, an older sister and, uh, Shay and a cousin and his girlfriend on the boat. Dalton, right? Uh, yep, yeah. Dalton and, and then his girlfriend at the time. And um, getting pulled behind the boat, you know, asking for more waves, as you always do when you're tubing, asking for the big jumps and having fun. Um, and my little brother, Keaton, was sitting in the, in the bow of the boat at the very front. Um, and as, as we were going, the boat hit a wave. And all of a sudden, I, I noticed the boat coming to a stop. And I was kind of like, what the hell? Like, I didn't ask for the boat to stop, you know? I didn't give any kill it signal. I was, I was having fun. Like, why are, we, why are we stopping? My tube ride shouldn't be over yet. And I noticed my dad jolt up and start looking around. And 
I take a quick mental inventory of the boat, and I realize that it's, it's not right. Someone's missing. My little brother, Keaton, is missing. So I, I, on the tube, stand up, and I start looking around in the water. And I see floating off in the water something. I dive in and swim over to, to him. And as blood fills the water, scoop him up in my arms and swim him back to the boat and pass him up to my dad. And I remember as I'm swimming back, just kind of exclaiming that he was dead. It was obvious in that moment, very clear. Um, he had gone over the front of the boat. It had just hit a wave wrong. He, we, had, we had been practicing safe Lake Powell trips for years. We were a responsible family. Like he had a life vest. Everything, everything was just as it should have been. Just a freak. It was just a freak accident. No one could have predicted it or seen it coming. But he went over to the front of the boat and was hit by the propeller and killed instantly. Um, it, was, it was a brutal and hard scene to see and experience, but swam him back to the boat and passed him up and climbed on in. And we radioed for immediate medical help. Um, and my dad tried to perform CPR on him for a moment until he realized it was futile. It wasn't, there was, he was gone. Um, at that point, we, my cousin drove the boat. I went and I think I was too stunned to even cry at the moment. But my cousin drove us back and to our houseboat while my dad went with my brother and the rangers to the, local Lake Powell Hospital, and I can replay every moment of that day, breaking the news to my grandmother that was on the boat, and seeing her just collapse and pray, and just hope for a purpose behind all this. It was, I don't have a great memory, but that day is forever ingrained. You know, I know you're um, you're sitting here right now, Marlon, listening to all this, and you know you hear your brother, you know, reliving that story. Um, now it's been almost six years looking back upon it. Um, this is probably the stupidest question I ever asked. Only I'm only asking it just because <laughs> I want you to like elaborate on this. But okay. What did that do to your family? I mean, like. How much did that? I mean, how? Try your best to explain like what impact um, that happened, like that 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 had on your family. What impact didn't it have on my family? It's kind of like a better question. I mean, like my mom has always struggled with some mental illness, and that just like made it worse. And um, we've had some like drug issues in and of our family, and that made it worse and we're talking about the whole extension you got tons of people in your family he was so many so many so many family members like we had a brother decide to leave the predominant church for a second like for not for a second i guess he's, he's gone he's gone left the church but like i don't know it just kind of like destroyed our family and I don't know how to explain that. Like, it kind of brought us together in, like, a weird way for, like, a second. Well, destroy the old version of the family. Yeah. That's probably a good way yeah. to put it. Like, the old way, the your old family was gone after that moment. Yeah. It wasn't the same it anymore. Never the same. It wasn't. I think that the experience was 
quite a bit different for me though personally so I don't really know how to speak on like the family or even as like the siblings as a whole because well, why don't you talk about because you were a young teenager at that time so yeah, yeah why don't you speak more specifically 13 to so yeah no I was 13 and super awkward and like hated life kind of a lot like every 13 year old did and I like remember like being super like angry all the time which I was like already I still am really angry all the time like I hope that somebody doesn't like meet me after this and they're like oh she's still super angry but (laughs) (laughs) like yeah I'm angry all the time but I was like really pissed at like God at the time um I'm not pissed at him anymore I just don't think that he exists so I think that's a pretty good cop out but like I what felt very separate because I like growing up for the first five years of my life, it was just me and my mom. And we got it, then I got like adopted. And then I had these five siblings right on top of it. Um, and that was like really hard to deal with for a really long time. And I like kind of wanted to be the best kid. And I was like really competitive, like inwardly. I was like outwardly competitive too. But like my every waking moment was like me trying to beat my siblings at like whatever. And yeah like plotting (laughs) it's like a five-year-old plotter like in the corner like how am I gonna master pre-algebra before he does but like I when he died like I just kind of like separated myself from my family and then blamed it on them for some reason like I don't (laughs) like that makes sense but like I then experienced like this whole I didn't like really grieve either like I just kind of like took on this like eldest sister role at like 13 and like tried to take care of everybody else while they were also trying to take care of me and I just kind of like didn't well, want to do that. Specifically your mom too because for so many yeah. years it's you and your mom and when you talk about mental yeah. illness for your mom you're referring to depression. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, it's, you know, people think she's schizophrenic or no, something. Yeah. <laughs> just you know it just she'd struggled yeah, with bouts just, of depression. Just depression. Yeah she'd struggled with bouts of depression and she's been bravely honest about that and, and because she's in such a great yeah. place now it's easy to talk about those things oh, yeah. but at that particular time yeah I mean I, I, I could see you going to the you know I gotta be there for mom for my mom but also was a great distraction from you even dealing with yeah. that stuff like i didn't time. really actually fully grieve until this last year um when i actually went back to powell so i've gone back to lake powell since my ninth grade year of high school um you haven't I, gone back i yet? have okay. so i go every year i've gone every year since okay. then um and this year we ended up staying in the same place as we did the year that he died and I would like surf in front of what's called tapestry rock down there um which is where he died so like every time I would like fall in the water like I would just like imagine it all over again and I would just like hit and like it would like kind of freak out a little bit and that like ended up being a like a really um crappy trip because <laughs> I just like realized like all these things that I never got to like really experience um, and it took me, like, moving out of my house and getting away from, like, my mom and my dad and feeling like I didn't have to take care of them anymore in order to, like, take care of myself. And I feel like it's a weird thing to put on yourself, and I've been putting that on myself since, like, my little brother was born. So I was, like, eight, and I just, like, tried to hold up this, like, totally fine, take care of everybody else's sh- shiz. Really interesting <laughs> to see um, 
and I hope I don't overstep or speak, but no, you, it was, it's been interesting to see you be after Keaton passed the next youngest in the family yet act as the oldest sister and act as <laughs> the one that wants to take care of people that wants to take care of your mom and take care of me yeah i know she's done that with you a lot she's, right you're like what's this little girl trying to tell me all my live my life <laughs> but she she did want to just take care of everyone and 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 be be the oldest sister because you know at times in that house as we as i jumped from house to house you at many times were the oldest yeah. sibling in that house and and so it, it was really interesting to watch yeah you know, um, would you mind sharing um, just something that I remembered from years back? You know, you and I had talked more, and um, sure. I remember something really interesting happened right before your brother had passed away, and it, I think it kind of bought you some time because <laughs> I, I I can't I can't like I I couldn't even speculate w how different would it would have been, but if you wouldn't mind sharing something interesting that happened right before he passed away. Yeah, and no, I remember um, I was talking to Dave, and we were just kind of like chilling, good old Uncle David. Um, <laughs> Basically what I am to, to you and your family. Yeah, he always brings out the tears. Um, that sounds like you're abusive. You're not abusive. Yeah, He's not, not abusive. Kind of <laughs> not those kind of tears. They're healthy tears. Yeah. I don't – sorry. Um, anyways, right before we left for Powell, I was talking to him, um, and I was like, I'm going to spend more time with my little brother. And I really want to make an effort in his life to and be. Why did you decide that? Because we'd had a conversation. You're like, I'm kind of being a jerk to my little brother. Like you noticed, yeah, you were being really I was like irritated a, by him. Yeah, I was like your classic like preteen that had a younger sibling. Like I just wanted to drop kick him 24 seven. Like it just it was like one of those things. And like it always makes me laugh because we'll like look back on him, and I love him to death. He's my still just such an angel literally and figuratively but like it always makes me laugh so hard because he was such a little shit. like so bad and like nobody else really saw that but like I was there every single freaking day like the the kid was a five-year-old little boy so I yeah. really like shouldn't be complaining he wanted but, your attention so bad yeah <laughs> but I was like so annoyed and I also like have a bit of an attention thing where I kind of like to be the center of people's attention, like in small groups, because large groups terrify me. But in like small settings, I would like to be the center of attention. Um, just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> not a lot. Yeah, not a lot. No, I don't. Yeah, no. But he got a lot of it because he's five. And yeah, it requires. You can't compete with a little. Requires kids attention. Oh, and he is the cutest freaking kid. Like our not to brag or anything, but our family, we've we've got some cute some cute kids and he just took the cake he knocked it out of the park yeah <laughs> it's insane um but i forgot we were talking about how you're being rude to him and then you yeah, realized yeah, you yeah. needed to because it was very ironic that you had this epiphany just yeah go no like literally it, yeah. like two weeks before we went to powell like i i was about to leave for girls camp which is like kind of a summer camp thing and i like was talking to you about how annoyed I was. And then I came home and I was like, I've had a like a spiritual experience and I would like to be closer to my brother. And I told you that and you were like, oh, that's like a really good idea. And I was like, yeah, it's cool. And then we left for Powell and like we spent a lot of time together, he and I did. 
um, like and you, you told on me the sand and stuff. Out of your way to like, okay, yeah. I'll play Legos with you. Okay, I'll do, hey, yeah. how you doing? Like, because he always wanted to play, and so you were, were trying to give him attention. Right. Well, and in my like emo phase, I just didn't want to talk to anybody and like only listen to Green Day for like four and a half hours. But like, <laughs> it so was that version of yeah, you really went out of her comfort. Yeah, zone. yeah, for sure. And I don't know. I think that like it's one of those things that you really have to realize like. Time is short, it's fleeting, and something could happen in the blink of an eye. And so, like, for me to really make that change and feel like our relationship was on a better level before he passed was, like, really cool for me to, like, kind of deal with. It helped a lot, I think, in the long run, um, if I'm really thinking about it. But, like, being able to, like, make those last couple memories and those connections was, like, super cool. I don't know if that's what you wanted. <laughs> no, it was, yeah, that's exactly. I mean, that's exactly what would have happened. You know, um, I, I'd like you guys both to kind of talk about because a lot of our listeners, people who listen to this podcast, that they're, they're curious about a lot of things, but mostly they're curious about like how to figure out their own life, how to sort through difficult challenges, and you know, even if you guys hadn't lost your brother, life would have had plenty of ups and downs. Yeah, but. For you personally, Colton, and for you personally, Marn, what are some of the ways that you think that um, your family having a tragedy is both been a blessing and also created a lot of extra struggles? And let me tell you the reason why I'm asking this. I'm usually talking to people, you know, as a professional counselor, not when they're in the best place of their life. They don't come, hey, we just want to go see a counselor because we're just doing amazing. We just want to brag great. to someone about how great our family is. <laughs> usually a teenager hates their parents. The parents may hate their teenager. They're fighting their brawn. There's usually something brewing. Pre Things are getting pretty bad or pretty hot. So our listeners are usually people that are going through their own things. And so when they listen to our podcast, they're just getting suggestions and ideas and we're not teaching them. Like I'm not sitting here telling people how to live their life. You guys aren't going to tell people how to live their life. But sharing what have been some of both the highs and the lows, the, the struggles and also the strengths that have come through families going through difficult times. And then I want to talk a little bit about like different suggestions that you guys would give other families and other people who are struggling. Because struggles could be something as small as, you know, um, you know, someone dating someone that their parents doesn't want them to date and it causes a problem in the relationship. Or it could be as big as the death of a loved one a divorce, um, someone leaving, like you said, the predominant religion in the family. So first off, just saying, like, what were some of the things that you guys can look back and say, this really changed our family and made things harder, but this also made us stronger or made you as individuals stronger? Cool. Yeah, I'm, it, I mean, there's a laundry list. Um, <laughs> it, it is... I don't know. It's it's been a wild ride. So hopefully someone can get some sort of idea, maybe on what to do or what not to. Um, you know, coming up to that tragedy, we had already had our own fair share of family drama and things. Yeah, that where had did you brewing. just come from? Right before I was, that weekend. That's I, crazy. That's there was a yeah, lot. There was a lot that led up to that. Um, I was actually on vacation from a residential treatment center. Um, dealing with, with addiction and depression and suicidal tendencies and a lot of different issues that I was going through at that time that stemmed from, you know, having a little bit of, not a little bit, a lot of an unstable, yeah, unstable family life 
I jumped from high school to high school five different times. I went to, you know, I was living in back and forth between my mom's house and my dad's house because I could never decide who I wanted to be with. And I'd always be missing the other. And, you know, there was, I was always seeking for attention from, from different people, but I was in the middle of a vacation coming towards the end of my stay at a residential treatment center. I was doing really well. Um, you know, but you I, weren't necessarily stable quite yet in your life. <laughs> I, I certainly wasn't stable, <laughs> but progressing, but, but I was progressing forward. Kind of like Marlon, like she made a progression with, you know, Keaton's relationship with her and you're making progression in your life. Yeah. I was making progression in my life and figuring, figuring some things out. And I was approved by the treatment center to go and enjoy my family vacation for the year, you know, and, and get to go enjoy that time with my family. And, you know, it, it haunted me for years thinking about, well, I was on the tube when he died. I, because I was there and I got approved, I, I was approved to go, you know, maybe was that the cause, you know, and you can't blame yourself, right? And Oh, let me stop you for a second. Yeah. All these years, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Because what you just said, it's like, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. You're trying to improve your life. And then something horrible happens. Yeah. But then there's also a flip side to be like, well, if it was going to happen, whether you're there or not, you would have wanted to be there to support and help your family. So, it, it, yeah, I'm sorry. I just, it, that, head, just hit, that just hit me for, that just hit me. It, it definitely messed with my head. You know, it, I came out of that residential treatment center. You know, I went back in after I had the choice after it happened on whether I wanted to stick it out and finish. Because they would have let you go. There's they, no way they're going to keep you in that yeah, situation. They, they, I was close to my graduation. I was almost 18 and could have walked out at that point, but. You know, I had turned 18 and was, I could have walked, but I decided to finish it out and graduate and, and try to, try to keep my head on straight, but my head was reeling, you know, and before that there were, there were some times in which, you know, hopefully I can get some attention from one of my parents that are always too freaking busy for me by swallowing a bunch of pills and then having an ex-girlfriend end up calling my dad worried that I was about to die from an overdose. And like, these are the kinds of things that were going on at the time, you know, coming out of the residential treatment center and trying to, to live my life right and, and do right. But at the same time, struggling with PTSD and nightmares from this experience, struggling with just how they don't, they don't teach you how to cope with this. I don't think you can. It's it was definitely not a class at school. There's not a class at school to teach you. And so, you know, diving back into into drug use to try and escape from it, diving into just doing whatever I could to to not have that be the center post of my life. And then having another experience where the cousin that was with us at the time, you know, almost died. And then myself getting in legal trouble and having issues there and feeling like just the family screw up, you know, I, I've got a sister with a master's degree and a brother that's now attending MIT and had a 4.0 through all of school and is like just watching all my older siblings be perfect and, and comparing you, yourself to them and their achievements and their achievements and just 
kind of settling in on the fact that, you know what, maybe I'll never make it. Maybe I'm not good at anything. And maybe what I am good at, society doesn't like. And so maybe I should just give up, right? Let me interrupt you for a second. You know, when you're saying all this stuff, I I imagine that this is, these experiences, it's, I imagine this has changed your perspective when you see other people. Like when you see someone that struggles with addiction or when you see, or you hear about, because obviously suicide and those things are just, it's just becoming more and more prevalent. When you hear people talking about their struggles with those things, I imagine you look at those people a whole lot different. With nothing but a warm heart just wanting to hold them, you know? Because you know there's something else behind there that you just can't see on the surface. There's so much more. Everyone has a story. And even even the story that we're sharing here isn't can't paint a full picture of what, you know, I've experienced, what my little sister's experienced. You know, everyone's got a story, and it's it's hard for me to see things in the news, things anywhere where people are casting judgment upon one another because there's no place for it. Yeah, you know, and, and thank you for for sharing all those those personal details, Colton, because even though it's it's been years past now, I think it's safe to say that it's it still hurts, you know, you still feel those things. And that's why I want to ask you about how you see people now, because you're one of the most compassionate, loving young men I've ever met. But I also know that when other people are going through hurt and pain, sometimes it's, it's hard. Sometimes it's really hard because you want to help them. You want to support them. And I know myself in my own past drug issues and struggles, I would hang out with other people and was drawn to other people that had similar hurt and pain as me. But I had a hard time disconnecting myself from those people at the same time because I felt like those are the only people I could relate to. But I didn't know how to say, "Okay, I gotta turn left and start getting my life together." I Almost like change I was too my own loyal, path. Right? Yeah. Almost like you're you you you're so loyal to some people that it's hard to be able to create your own boundaries because you just do you feel for them. Yeah. You you feel bad for them. You you know the pain that they're going through. People don't just wake up one day and say, "Hey, I want to struggle with drug addiction and try and take my life." No. It doesn't work like that. A lot of whole bad, a lot of bad combination stuff have to happen first. It's yeah, it, it takes a whole lot to put someone in that kind of a position, in that kind of a place. That mindset, that mindset is one that is forged over time. It that isn't that doesn't come overnight from a small experience. So now let's switch it up a little bit. You did a great job of explaining like the hardships, like that. I mean, just the way you detailed it, right? But now let's look on the flip side. You've been able to accomplish quite a bit of things in these most recent years. And I and I want you to also end on a trip you just got back from because you, we didn't have a lot of time to share it before, but I want you to share that. And then I want to get into, you know, Marn, because Marn, same thing. It's like a lot of changes throughout these recent years, a lot of highs and a lot of lows. But if you just kind of start by giving some bullet points of, because you can look at yourself in the mirror now and not think you're a piece of crap. Yeah. Right? Like you have days where you're like, I'm actually doing it. I don't know how I did it, but I'm doing it. Right? There, there are days in which I look at myself and I am, I'm, I'm proud to look in the mirror and see the man that stands back and stares back at me because it, it's a man to be proud of. It's, it's someone who's worked his ass off to get where he is, to 
you know, it, it's taken a lot of work, but I'm here, you know, and I've, I've been able to take advantage of opportunities, start building a career in the IT field. You know, I've been able to work on the talents that I do have and the talents that we all have, you know, we all have them that can be refined and workshopped. And it was hard to identify them for some time. It was hard to. Well, yeah, when you're trying to mask the pain and run, you're not really acknowledging all the things you have going for you at the same time. Yeah. And you're not feeding those things either. You're not helping build those things. But, you know, I've built a career in IT. I've been able to, you know, kick some butt and fighting against a lot of my addictions and being able to move forward past a lot of my frustrations with family and and a lot of the the issues that arose because of that. Um, and recently, so t- talk about the trip recently, because yeah. I don't think that Colton five, six years ago would have went on that trip you just came off of. <laughs> he w- and if he did go, he wouldn't have. He wouldn't have been successful. He would have came back in a helicopter. Yeah, like, in a helicopter. Nine one one ambulance. It would have been bad. Um, but I just got back from Tanzania, uh, climbing Mount Kilimanjaro, tallest freestanding mountain in the world. Um, you know, and I did that with two people I would have never thought I would have had an experience like that with. With my with my dad and my older brother. You know, there was during some of this time and during some of these years, I. While I loved them to death, we didn't have a good relationship. There wasn't a lot of time with you guys in the same room for very long. No. And if, if there was, it was blowing up. It wasn't good, you know. But I just did that and had an incredible experience and feel closer to them than I have ever. You know? And How crazy is that? How just, <sighs> just in a few years, it could be you don't want to be in a room with them, and now you're climbing one of the tallest, you know, the tallest mountain in the world with them. And, and there's no one I would have rather had by my side as we summited that mountain. You know, it, it was truly a remarkable experience. Um, life-changing, really. Thank you, Colton. And like I said, you know, here on this podcast, we just talk about stuff. And, you know, I, I learned some things about you today, and I picked up on some things. So, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to hear from our listeners exactly, you know, some things that they took from this, you know, from, from just things that you shared. Now, Marn, same question for you. The highs and the lows from, from everything that took place for you personally. Ooh. Um, my entire middle school experience was a low. So like, <laughs> we just like group all three of those years in there as like a super low. I'm sure I didn't help with any of that. Yeah, no, not really. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. No, I love him. He's great. Um, actually, we hated each other. For a while. For a really long time. We were at each other's throats. I threw a Yankees hat at your face and dented your nose. And I'm actually really proud of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a story to tell, like, that's for sure. Like, like I am not going to lie. I was impressed. You. Martin, like, that was a good throw. <laughs> no, he was mad. He was mad. I'm talking about now. Now, now, he's, now he's still mad. Um, no, I think that we kind of touched on like our siblings like a little bit ago and I feel like you guys need like an actual background in order to like kind of understand like our family and like where we're coming from preach so <laughs> here we go so our my mom is only my mother so it's just me and then my dad's name is John and I've talked to him like twice he's a cool dude but that's my father and then my mom Kimberly married Colton's dad Scott um, and he has four other siblings, five including himself. 
So our eldest sister is very, very put together. Um, and as the, you know, the high achievers. As the high, you know, yeah. Say, yeah. She's like kind of like the patron goddess of like our family. Like if we were to have like a pin, it'd be like a picture of like Bree's face. But like she, <laughs> <laughs> she like runs everything and it's all very smooth. And her and I butt heads for like a really, 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 really long time. Like it wasn't until like this past year and I'm almost 20 that we kind of hung out and started to figure each other out. And then our brother Dane is like a literal rocket scientist. So like Literally. I, yeah, we're not, I'm not even joking. Like he's a literal rocket scientist. And so there's like a lot to live up to there. And for a really long time, he was like golden child. He still is. Dad still loves him more than. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. He could leave all the churches and he's still the favorite. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, he's for still. real. So, um, and then our sister Shay, who is absolutely gorgeous and beautiful and like one of the most incredible straight model human being straight model yeah it's insane um but she reminds me a lot of like Belle from Beauty and the Beast she's just like very like intellectual but also like so sweet and so uh. um. <laughs> I, I love the character she's putting there but continue I'm yeah yeah and then Colton I mean you guys know a lot about him already um and then our Colton sister, used to be really good at video games Colton used oh, to be yeah. very good at video games that's all Colton did does all he does he's still really good he may or may not still be good <laughs> he, on, on he, some video games he works in it game. he calls it like his like field practice or whatever <laughs> 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 no and then our sister jenna is on an lds mission in the philippines and jenna is like the sweetest most like cutest just little a sweetheart. just most so peaceful cute. human being i think i've ever yeah. met on this planet um, and I, if you hate Jenna, something's wrong with you. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, it's, it's, weird. it's hard to hate Jenna. It's really hard to hate. You Jenna. have to try real hard. Yeah. Um, and then me, and I'm kind of a pos, but like other than that, that's fine. What are you doing? Oh, <laughs> yeah. So um, I think that kind of <laughs> describes you in a lot of ways. <laughs> so I'm the only one of my siblings that's tattooed or pierced in odd places. Um. That makes it sound like I, yeah, no, my nose is pierced. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, um, no, not that odd. <laughs> not, not that weird, but like my nose is pierced and I have like, I have, by Friday I'll have seven new tattoos and like nine piercings. Like I'm pretty like shredded out with all that. Yeah, whatever. Anyways, I have a hanging basket plant on my thumb. It's an inside joke between <laughs> you and I. Like she'll always be saying something. Yeah. She goes, but what do I know? I, I have a hanging... a hanging basket plant on my hand. Like that's like a thing. Um, a lot of my friends will like ask me about my past and stuff because I went through like a phase of like hardcore partying, um, which kind of I'll tie that back into. But long story short, I got I got really really drunk and woke up with a hanging basket plant on my hand, and it's a tattoo, and it's now permanently on my hand. So like whenever somebody does something stupid, I was like, "Hey, be careful, man! You might end up with a hanging basket plant on your hand." And people think that's funny. It's always a good funny thing because <laughs> it's you. You're like low key being dead serious. Be, you're no, like, I'm like don't, you're like, don't be like me. Like, you can no, end ser- up with a seriously, you could have. This. I mean, like it could be worse, but like come on, yeah. like try so to. You don't need to do a hanging yeah. basket plant. Well, and I work like as a barista, so like I'm up front with like a lot of people, and it's like a conversation starter for people. They're like, "What's on your hand?" And I'm like, "A drunken mistake." Like. Sorry. A painful <laughs> reminder that, yeah. that I need to keep my life together. Like, I started, like, making crap up when I was, like, super angry and young and politically charged. And I'd be like, oh, it's because I'm a member of the Green Party, raw. But that's not true. <laughs> true, those I just bad have an decisions alcohol are problem. real things. Yeah. Yeah. No, for real. Um, But, so that that was kind of weird. I w- I'm curious to see 
what your thoughts are as far as like me going through that stage. But in the time being, <laughs> um, my eldest sister is non Elias, which is our predominant religion. What our parents are Mormonism. Mormons, yeah. I guess they don't really call themselves that anymore. But um, and then our brother Dane, the rocket scientist, is also not LDS. Colton is not, I presume, unless that's changed. In not which LDS. case, I would would probably crap my pants. And then I am also obviously not LDS. Um, and that's created like a little bit of a riff, weirdly, in our family. Like for a second, that was like really intense. Um, because our two sisters, our two very beautiful sisters, that are still in the church I feel like there's a little bit of like a hard time communicating with them as far as like we stand and like because we all like separately stand on a lot of different things but like for the most part we're still all really similar and so like the four of us have kind of like formed this little group and the two of them have kind of like formed this little group and so like weirdly like it's not even people dying that like splits us up it's like our beliefs and stuff which really sucks well, I'm as glad you that brought goes. that up because, you know, throughout the years I've witnessed how because of the passing, there's been a lot of people going their separate ways. Yeah. But interesting enough, your guys' relationships have all gotten so much better in so many different ways. Yeah. It's almost like there's Agreed. been like this freedom thing where like in the very beginning, it was like this huge upheaval and like, hey, if you're not part of the church and you are like, there's this assumption that you guys can't have relationships, but now you're going... Right. You know, hiking a mountain with you know your your brother and your dad. Now you're getting closer with your oldest sister. Yeah. Your sister went on a more mission. It's like there is this kind of the people who don't belong to the religion and yeah. people who do that have that connection. But it just seems to me that that's that high and low that I was talking about. It's crazy. Yeah. Go ahead and explain it. But I was just thinking about it as you're saying it because I mean, it's interesting to see how it created so much, even though it broke up a lot at the same time. Yeah. Um, I feel like it created, like, Colton and I's relationship got way stronger, um, when I left, and I remember when he left, I got super mad at him, and tattletailed on him to our brother that was on a mission, um, which he was not happy about, let me tell you, um, I don't blame him, but, so, like, it brought us together, and it brought me and my other sister together, um, but my sister Shay and I used to be, like, incredibly close. Like, her and I were, like, tight and would tell each other everything. And, like, we're talking about a lot of things. And, like, when I left the church, it kind of, like, fizzled out a little bit. And we haven't really talked very much. Um, it's, like, and that's that's brutal because a lot of the times, like, I'll be in her area and be, like, oh, I'll just go say hi. I wish she could just reach out. Yeah. Like, it. whenever I'm, like, in around Colton's area, I'll always call him and be like, I'm coming over regardless of whether or not you want me to come over. And, like, I do the same thing to Bree to, like, go see our nephew. And, like, I don't know. I just wish that I had the same relationship with her. But I feel like it's really hard to mix two very opposing um, opinions, especially when it comes to, like, shared tragedy and, like, the outlook on that. I think that that's a really hard thing because for her there's, like, an afterlife and, like, something to look forward to which is super cool and like if that's what wakes you up in the morning and gets you going like that's incredible and stick with it but like for me that's not at all what that is and so like it's hard for us to like sit there and try to connect on this trauma when she's like yeah he'll co- it'll be great because blah, blah, blah. I'm like uh, yeah no mm, you know like it's really hard to connect over something that we need to connect on when our views are so opposing 
And let me let me stop you for a second, Colton. You can jump in. I yeah. again, I didn't even think of that before because I know how she, how close you and Shay were. But yeah. you know, me, I'm sitting here as the counselor and the therapist. I'm like, oh yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, it's just shared tragedy, but the way you view how the tragedy is going to move forward in the lives, you see it differently. So it's almost like the one thing that should bring you the closest together. It's almost like it's off topic. Yeah, like you can't really go there, and if you can't really go there with someone you have a real deep connection with. Then it's like, what do we do? Talk about the weather? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Wait, it really ball, does yeah. make it tricky. And, I, I, and I'm just thinking how many people that are listening to this right now, like they've had those moments with family members, but it's like, hey, what's up? They act like they're kind of strangers now because they can't talk about those things or they feel like they can't. You know, and I know one thing that's for certain, right? And I know Marn would agree with this. You and Shay still love each other very much. Oh, you yeah. Know, no doubt about yeah, it. For and sure. you guys don't re- disrespect it, each other. Yeah, no, not like, at all. And you guys don't hate on the religion and they don't hate on you not being in the religion. It's just kind of this unspoken thing that you can't share anymore. Yeah, and it's, it's hard to share. And one thing as just an older sibling, you know, I'll let you know it does get easier to connect with those still involved in the religion as time goes on. Right. Um, yeah. And one of the biggest, biggest things that I've found that has helped me be able to, because I totally get what you're saying. It's hard for, for me personally to feel like I very well may never see my little brother again and have that be my belief and then have someone else tell me I'm so excited to see him again. It, it, it's hard for me to hear that, but, right. you know, as as time has gone on, I've been able to develop somewhat of a perspective of, because I love my dad and my stepmom and my mom and my stepdad and my two sisters that are all still a part of the religion, when they have things like that that bring them comfort, I'm just happy at, that they're comforted right. more for than sure. anything. And and then I can, I can, you know, I can relate to them in that sense because i can say who doesn't want comfort who doesn't want to right. i am so Absolutely. glad that you found that peace and solace that makes me so happy for you right? right and and that doesn't mean i have to share that but i know what happiness feels like i know what it feels like when you do find peace and solace with something and you feel you feel like you found found an answer right i know that feeling and and i can connect with them on that feeling of joy yeah. you know even if we have a different perspective on it itself. Um, so hang in there with Shay. It gets better. Yeah, I well, for sure. And well, I, my mom, too, was the same way for a really long time. But Well said, both of you. And, you know, as you guys are talking, I'm thinking that, um, gosh, I've counseled so many people. I'm just going to talk about parents for a second. So many parents that, unfortunately, have lost children different different ways some of the suicide accents and that are from the lds the you know the mormon faith and i can tell you grief is different for everybody and it challenges a lot of people's faith people are angry at god i i remember gosh at least at least five or six different times where a parent was you know privately sharing with me their frustration that they're they're grieving they're at the funeral you know these different things are happening and someone in their family or, you know, close friends would tell them, hey, don't worry because you're going to get to see your kid again. And for some people, they just kind of, they took comfort in that. And other people, same strong LDS faith people, looked at the person and said, I wanted to rip that person's head off. I'm like, 
oh yeah, I'm going to see them again someday, but I can't go watch them play soccer tomorrow. I can't go to Dairy Queen and get an ice cream. And it was almost this really, people can be very protective of the loss of their loved ones. Right. And that's why grief is a very, especially in families, everyone's grieving differently at different times. Then people have different spiritual and religious beliefs that add to that. And then that can change later on at times. And, yeah. and I like what you said, Colton, that over time it gets easier to be more accepting. And, you know, hopefully that other people are more accepting that you don't accept the same things that they do. Cause at the end of the day, you guys, and I know you guys both have said this, but you guys really do have an amazing family, which is why I wanted the two of you on this podcast. Because your story, there's a lot of people have lost siblings and loved ones, but your story of the blended family, losing someone, everybody going through different paths and journeys, you guys are all finding your own path just in different ways. Right. Yeah. I think one thing that I would like to say just for everybody that's out there listening, um, if you are going to a funeral <laughs> or interacting in any way, shape, or form with someone that has lost someone, literally just say i'm sorry for your loss and i love you and i'm here if you need anything and then walk away some of the don't, best words do not do anything more than that don't try to do don't, too much <laughs> don't like try to be like you'll see him one day because if that is your belief that's super super cool but literally i relate to that parent so bad because every time that happened i wanted to just like curb stomp some kids someone. yeah it's yeah. really annoying so literally just like repeat after me if you're listening to this like, <laughs> well and for some people <laughs> It may not be, but you don't right. want to run the the chance of like throwing someone's grief off. Right. And that's great. That's great advice having gone through that because it happens all too often where people are trying to show support, love, and concern, and they say stupid stuff. Not that they mean to. Yeah. They can have the best of intentions, but their words may just not fall softly yeah. and compassionately on the person who's grieving. Well, I remember. The best, the best support is just letting someone know yeah. that you're there for them if they need anything. It's literally it. I'm you know, sorry for your loss. Put a period on it. it just, I love you and I'm here for you. And then you just bring them a meal. Walk away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Food is great. Yeah. Or like, just drop it off. Like, here's some like, ice cream. There you go. Yeah. Walk away. Some people need to like get away too. And I think that that was super cool. Um, Not cool. Like the situation that brought this discovery for me was not cool. But it was interesting to watch everybody grieve differently. And, like, how much support was needed for each person in our family. And I remember we were laying. I was, like, laying in my room listening to some music. Just on the floor. Because, like, you do that when you're, like, depressed. You just lay places randomly. Um, <laughs> and mine, like, happened Shopping to be, like, malls. yeah, just <laughs> you know, on the ground. Right here, the <laughs> middle sidewalk, of your, like, five-star eight-course meal. Just take a nap. Just yeah. right on the ground. But I was laying in my room. And... All of my siblings walked in, and I was like, what are you doing? Like, why are you in here? Please don't be in here. And Bree just started talking about dating an Italian rock star. And the entire time, I'm thinking, like, are you for real? Like, we literally just buried our brother, and you're talking to me about how you dated an Italian rock star. And now those are my absolute favorite stories. Like, for <laughs> sure, <laughs> tell me about the Italian rock star. But, like, at the time, I was like, there are so many more pressing things that like need to happen. And that's like how my brain works, right? Like my brain is literally so just like logic and just get there as fast as possible and not deal. And then you can tell me stories later. And I kind of feel like there's a group, like the best way to describe my siblings are like, it's like a group hug. Like we're a really loud, annoying group hug. Yeah, I think that's a perfect description. <laughs> yeah. So like, I don't, I'm not like that at all. I'm super introverted and I like to just do my own thing. 
and you're more of an air hugger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like air high five from 45 feet across the room. Cool. Thanks for respecting my personal boundaries, but they're not like that. And so it was like interesting to deal with that and like accepting their love and how they grieve while also having to deal with my own shiz. I don't know. I don't know if I ever told you that. No, you didn't. But yeah, group hugs, not my thing. (laughs) (laughs) Moral of the story. (laughs) Well, let's do this if it's okay with you guys. Um, We're not going to have time to answer all these questions, but like I said, I got a handful of questions. And I think you guys would be perfect people to weigh on this. So let's just jump into it. Um, Let me go see. Okay, let's do this one. Okay. This question says, how do I talk to my stepdad about me not being like his own kids? He wants me to be a perfect, again, this brings up the religion. He wants me to be a perfect Mormon child, but I sometimes don't want to do church stuff. Read scriptures, FHE, et cetera. Oh, family home evening, et cetera. I had to, you know, think about that for a second. (laughs) I don't hate those things, but I feel like it causes more fights than brings us closer. Help. Let me tell you. <laughs> so okay, so let's let's break down this question real quick. So it, it sounds like you know, it sounds like this teenager definitely sees that. It, okay, first of all, doesn't hate it, meaning like doesn't it doesn't seem like this teenager right. is being like I refuse to say prayers or anything. It sounds like something about the experience not going well creates more tension, and then it causes the person to not want to do those things at all. Like you don't want to do things that causes fights all the time, right? Right. So any suggestions for for this person that could help them? Maybe have I mean maybe the suggestion go talk to their parents. I don't know. What are some of your your guys' thoughts? I think like one of the really really super important parts of that is her asking and like to try to figure out how to tell her stepdad that she is not like his other kids, and that was something that. My father and I have like sat there and screamed at each other about like and so, so don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> say don't <laughs> scream. Say don't scream. <laughs> it's a bad idea. But that was like a point of contention in our relationship for years, and honestly, sometimes it still is. But what I just kind of figured out is that with a lot of help and a lot of like metaphorical pregaming, like you can move forward. Is anybody gonna get that? Did I just say that? I'm so sorry. Pre-gaming. Yep. Uh, I um, got it. Like thinking anyway, ahead. Think of how ahead. You're talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Don't. Just, you don't want to like just go for it in the middle of a heated argument. Yeah. I guess that Plan would be like out. bad advice if I told you to do shots before you talk to your dad. Like, don't do that. Yeah, but like, do I don't know. One of the things that I just had to do is be like, listen, I feel like there are a lot of unnecessary standards that are put on me and standards that you held to your children before. And I want you to know that I don't personally work like that. And I'm more than willing to work with you and figure out something that works with the both of us so that we can figure out a way to like communicate better because this relationship is something that I want to build off of. And if we're looking at like the whole church thing, and this is like a legitimate conversation that I've had, but like if, well, these are the good ones that you have. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, it's really helped, and it's been super hard, especially with, like, both of my parents trying to leave the LDS church. Like, that's a really hard thing, and anybody that's doing that right now knows, They like, weren't trying to leave it with you leaving is what Right, with saying. me okay. leaving, yeah. With me leaving the church, it's, like, super hard, and anybody that knows that and knows the interactions with the parents, like, that's a super hard thing to go through, but, like, I would literally just approach it and be like, this is how I'm feeling, and these are my beliefs, and I'm more than willing 
to work with you and to do family home evening with you or read scriptures with you, but I would just ask that you don't call on me for these things. Like I'm more than willing to participate as a family, but I would just rather not read the scriptures or say the prayers because that's how I'm feeling and I don't want to disrespect you and disrespect your religion and I also don't want to disrespect my own personal beliefs. And like just going in with like a very calm like let's work together kind of attitude really helps and shows a ton of maturity. And I know that like your parents are going to really appreciate that. And on top of that, I mean, just to go along exactly with what you said, it's, you know, and I wish I would have employed this more, but come to the table ready to make some compromises, ready to, because you know what? They have desires just like you do. Right. The parents don't make demands. Yeah. You're not making demands here. You're, you're trying to ask them to work with you, right? You're trying to ask them to, listen, I'm uncomfortable when X, Y, and Z happens. You know, honesty is the best policy. So just lay it out and be straight. Well, I like what both of you guys are saying, because what both of you guys are saying that you have to bring this conversation. Because what a lot of teenagers and anyone out there listening, obviously the person who wrote in the question, but anyone out there listening, pay close attention to what they're saying. And it, maybe it could get easily, easily get misunderstood, but you're telling them start the conversation. Because a yeah. lot of teenagers... We'll say these are such uncomfortable conversations because every time this happens, it turns into an argument. But if you start it before the scripture reading, the prayers, and you go to them privately and say, hey, listen, I want to actually work with you guys, then it shows more like I'm trying to have a partnership with you versus asking for demands. Yeah, you're you're not trying to hold things ransom, you know, you're you're just you want the best for the situation and and you know, rational parents see that. They 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 want the best for you. And if you're just saying, I want the best for me too, and this is not what's best for me, I can tell you it's not helping me. Um, maybe here's some ideas on ways that I can still be involved. If you want me involved in this, maybe I can still be involved in this. That's more comfortable for me. And and talk about compromise with them. Talk about that, you know what? I, you're an individual and you have have some legitimate desires and legitimate valid ideas. But you know, be ready to compromise and bring it to them. Right. Don't wait for it to blow up in your face and then try and have some sort of heated debate about it. Well, and I can say as a counselor too, working with lots of different parents, your guys' advice is so spot on because let me tell you, all you young people out there, listen, your parents may have the best intentions, but their approach and their delivery, every time I talk to a parent that tells me the biggest fights with their kids are before church, after church, during these family scripture prayer reading times, it totally defeats the purpose of why they want to have those in the first place. They're trying to bring their family together. They're trying to have a spirit of love and, and Christianity or whatever the religion is. So if if you bring this to your parents, you are trying to create some sort of a partnership, but you're also showing them honor and respect because don't think, all you young people out there, don't think that your parents are well-versed at how to handle this. Just like they don't teach you how to handle trauma, they don't teach you how to approach your kids who seem like they're rebellious and resistant in a way that will not create more resistance. Right. Like if, if teenagers come to their parents like this, or even if parents come, parents can take the same advice and go to their teenagers and say, listen, I know you don't feel comfortable doing this. I know this is something awkward for you. What do you think could help it so this could go smoothly because it means something important to me. So if you give me some ideas, I'm willing to work with you. It can go both ways. If you start off getting input from the other party instead of starting off shoving your opinion down their throat, changes the whole dynamic of the conversation. 
definitely increases the probability for it to not turn into a drag out argument or yeah. someone getting grounded or their Xbox getting taken away. For sure. The worst. <laughs> okay, let's take one more. Like I said, I had a bunch of them, but let's do... Okay, this this would be a good one. Maybe you guys might have had some personal experience. I don't know. Or maybe you just might know someone who has. I got caught vaping, <laughs> and now my stepdad... <laughs> and now my stepdad won't stop bugging me about everything. I know I lost his trust, but he acts like now I'm a bad person. I need suggestions. It's driving me crazy. Dude, don't get caught. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, we're going to bleep that one out. Yeah. Pretty sure. <laughs> No, it's Colton. We, yeah, I've been, I've been caught a couple of times doing things that I shouldn't have been doing at the time, right? Maybe. It's but <laughs> it and it does affect the trust that you ha- that you have and you receive and And when you when be, you break your parents' trust, you, it hurts, man. You're it like, hurts. Dang it. Not, not only you feel disappointed in yourself in yeah. a lot of ways, right? But Cuz by vaping, do you think every kid's like I'm going to vape? To show my parents they can't trust me. Yeah, that's not the intention. It, it's not a middle finger to them or anything. Yeah. It's you know they're well, they they <laughs> they want to. Yeah, the reason for vaping is a whole other story. Yeah, but in order to rebuild trust, it's going to take some work. It's going to take oh, yeah. and also some transparent communication about what you're doing straight up with your stepdad. This is one of the biggest things that I learned. Unfortunately, too late after I was already out of the house with my parents, but just being straight up with them and saying, listen, this is this is what I'm going through and what I'm struggling with. And I know it's not according to your beliefs or your desires and what you like, but I, you know, I want to change it. I want to fix it. I want your trust back. I want to work through that with you. Please help me figure out how. I can get that trust back. Give me, give me some things that would help build that trust. Now that's so hard to do because it's easy to get angry at someone for being mad at you. Yeah, it's hard to say, you know what? I made a mistake. I know I went against the rules. I want to earn the trust back. Much like the first uh, question, what you're saying is the same thing. You gotta take the initiative. And you gotta bring it to them because being mad that your dad doesn't trust you doesn't earn his trust. Right. I think if you are able to take accountability. Especially it said stepdad too. Yeah. So that makes it even a whole lot more complicated. You know, you can always manipulate your own parents a little bit easier oh, yeah. sometimes. Step parents see right through the BS. But yeah. if oh, you're able so to just be straight up, take accountability and and own the fact that you got caught doing something you were not supposed to be doing. And and voice that. Say it out loud. Tell them that you realize and you take accountability, you were in the wrong there and you want to repair things. You will gain respect just in that instant without even doing anything that they suggest. You'll already have gained a bit of respect back. And then as you work on things, your respect will start coming back faster than you even realize. So just make it clear, you're not suggesting that you, for one hour, try to convince your dad, stepdad, why vaping laws are horrible, why they're stupid, that the government is against you, that you should be able to vape at 16 years old. You shouldn't try to get into some <laughs> debate with them about it. You should just go, hey, I know it's against law. I know I shouldn't have done it. Just put something out there front. Like they call it, like, if you heard, put some skin in the game. Acknowledge your part in this. Yeah, because, I mean, the reality is if you're 16 and vaping, even whatever your opinion on it, whatever research shows, whatever anything else is, it's against the law, right? And you are in the wrong to a certain degree. Yeah. And so if you can just own that fact, instant respect. 
much better starting point for a conversation. Much better starting to earn point. the trust back, dude. In any uh, argument whatsoever, earn your like own your crap. Like that's so important, and it's not just like with our parents, but I think it's like with siblings too. That's a really big deal, or like any situation that you're in, like professionally or casually. Any like, close relationship, yeah, means something. Like definitely earn your crap, but I also think that like one of those things is that he thinks. You think that he thinks that you're a bad person, and I think one of the things that you can do with that is you can basically just approach him and be like, hey, I need you to do me a favor and separate me from my actions for just a second so that we can work something out. And, like, there's a very fine line between, like, kind of sarcastic and rude and, like, really genuinely wanting Yeah, you don't want to throw sarcasm out there. That's bad. Like, it's not good. Um, Trust me, it is not it does not work work. well no (laughs) they don't always (laughs) laugh at those jokes at that moment (laughs) they do for a second and then it just totally backfires but like for real just be like hey i need you to separate me from my actions because i'm young and i'm dumb and i feel like that's one of the hardest things it is for like young kids to really realize and especially for me like i was so cocky i was like i'm so smart i've gone through life i'm fantastic but like one of the hardest things is accepting that you do need help and that you have done something wrong and that you need like somebody else to separate you from your actions and teach you different ways to go about life because if that doesn't happen then it's just not going to work out so I would like literally just be like hey separate me from my actions and teach me what I can do better and that's going to make you look way more mature it's going to make you feel way more mature and you're going to actually get somewhere in your conversations with your stepdad and I know that for a fact you just have to make sure that you're trying to rebuild that connection with them and not just, like, get them off your back. Like, this is relationship building, not, like, pushing away the problem for a second. Like, not relationship manipulating. Yeah. <laughs> I think one of the, and, I mean, one of the biggest things and things that stem from, or one of the desires I'm hearing is is just wanting to be understood as well. Yeah. Um, and you got to realize, if, if you want your parents to understand you and where you're coming from, and you want to be able to have a productive conversation about where you're coming from, it goes both ways. Maybe take a step into their shoes and realize yeah. they're your parents. They're trying to raise you and teach you and do what's best for you. And 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 you may need to be the person you, showing your parents how to do this because your parents may be the parent who like flies off the handle. But if you can model for them, hey, I'm being cool. I'm being humble. And Google the word humble. It means willing to be taught. I'm yeah. just I'm just showing you that I want you to help me out. Sometimes you need to be an example to your parents about how to play it cool in these situations. And that can earn their respect as well. Yeah. I, you know, show, show them that you understand where they're coming from. If you want them to, and you don't blame them for you, being pissed at you. Yeah. It, it makes sense that you're pissed at me. You know, I, I get it. If Just, you, if you can get it, they're going to be a lot more willing to, to actually have the kind of productive conversation you're looking for. In all seriousness, if you guys, and you guys have tried different routes, but looking back on it, if you had implemented more of that at those at those times of your life, you guys are very confident that things would have you could get to where you're at right now with your parents. You could have got there a whole lot sooner. Yeah. Because you've had these conversations with your parents. It just took you a little while to figure out how to get there. Just took us till we were grown and moved out to be able to have these conversations with our parents. But it could happen when you're a teenager. Oh yeah. I see it all the time. I'm always telling teenagers, why are you waiting for your parents to be an example to you? Maybe you need to show some accountability. Maybe you need to go first. And then I tell parents, 
you know, don't accept, don't expect your kids, don't hold your breath and wait for your kids to always own up to stuff. Own up to your part. Hey, I shouldn't have flipped out. I shouldn't have freaked out on you. I could handle that much better. Yeah. Let's talk about it and let it instead of me threatening you with what I'm going to ground you with first. Right. Yeah. Well, there's there's a little understanding goes a long way. And I think also True for that. the the two questions that we answered, like one of the most important things is like if you are not ready to own your shit, do not apologize. If you are not at that point where you can come to them and be like, I am in the wrong for this, or this is something that I want, do not go there. It can make it worse. It can make it way worse. it's like, sorry. Right. (laughs) Like, I'm sorry that you caught me vaping. Um... But yeah, sure, you a, a disingenuous apology. Yeah, a, a disingenuous apology will do a lot more sure. damage. Yeah, and if wait you, till you calm down yeah. before you actually try to. And say you got to keep that cool the entire time because if you, you lose it, you will end up like me. Real quick, and that's no good. Real quick, could you even tell your parent, "Hey, listen, I don't want to give you a fake apology. Let me calm down. Let me kind of chill out for a little while. Yeah, because I don't want to make things worse. That's a great idea oh, too. I've actually, done telling them that you're not ready, but so you many want to calm down first. Yeah. I had that conversation with my aunt the other day. It wasn't even my parents, but it was like I had something that I had to own up for. And the conversation basically went, I love you and I'm going to apologize to you when I'm ready to apologize to you. But here is the first one and how I'm feeling now. And then give me a second and I will come back and expand more on how I feel and how we can work together and create a better relationship. I wish I would have called a timeout. With me and my parents, so yeah, many freaking times. For real, <laughs> then it just gets more. The emotions get escalated, yeah. and it just gets worse. Well, yeah, and our I, dad is terrifying. Like, Give me a tea, you know. Like I, I need a couple seconds just to breathe because I, I will have a rage that gets built up, and I want to just fly off the handle at someone. Yeah. But if you can just take a step back and realize that, okay, emotions run strong, but that's not always the reality of the situation. You're not going to think clearly when you're emotional. The, the thoughts are not clear. Amen to that one. <laughs> I think that's science too. Yeah. Something about a study yeah. sometimes. Yeah, yeah. When, when your extreme emotions go up, your ability to logically process information and have rational thoughts goes down. Yeah. I think that one of the hardest things though is understanding your parent that you're arguing with um, and their arguing style. Um, and and that's the expectation yeah, of them at that moment yeah. too. Yeah. And that sounds like really weird. Like I'm not like telling you to, Piss off your parents and then study how they ground you. <laughs> I'm like, sure they'll give you plenty of yeah. opportunities to be mad at you. But like, like our dad doesn't get mad, like at all. Like he stays very just. Well, you mean not the kind of mad where it's not, yelling yeah, at you. Yeah, mad. yeah, yeah. It's more but it's like just so stoic like, and like stonewall kind of mad. Very disappointed like the entire time, and you know that. And and then when he does get mad, like and like angry, angry, it's like terrifying, and you run away because he's never like that. And so for some reason, all of his children have like really bad anger issues i'm just telling it how it is like we all are super like opinion yeah (laughs) oh yeah no drop of a dime like one of us is like yelling at the other one and so that's been really hard because there's been times where i've like gotten into really serious arguments and things that i needed to talk to my dad about and like needed to make an effort on and i've like just like thrown hands halfway through it and he doesn't work like that and we've gotten nowhere, and I just end up in even more trouble. So, like, seriously, know who you're talking to, figure out your whole thing, and then stay like that. Because what a better peaceful place it is to be able to communicate with this parental guardian that you struggle with more than the other. Like, establish that good connection after you've solved this. That's a good point, because, you know, in that example with your dad, it's easy to want to communicate the way that suits you. 
Right. But if you can look at the person and say, listen, if if he's quiet and he's not saying anything, me yelling louder and louder isn't going to get him yeah. to be where I want to be right now. So let's take a little time out, like Colton said, circle back around later once everything's kind of calmed down. Well, I'll tell you what, this has been a lot of fun having you, in fact, tons of fun having you guys on the <laughs> podcast. I I know a lot of people are going to really enjoy this podcast and get a lot out of it, just simply from hearing what you guys had to say. I know I did. Um, thank you to um, you know our winners from last week's contest. Look forward to hearing the people that uh, nominate, um, well, that get nominated for the socks simply by doing the connection contest. Like I said, at the very beginning of the podcast, all you got to do is do a solid for someone. Go talk to someone. Apologize to a parent. Tell a parent that you're thankful for something. Uh, tell a teacher that you're sorry for, you know, for giving her attitude or giving him attitude the other day. Tell a friend that you've been a crappy friend or just say you want to be a better friend and hang out with someone. Whatever it is, go do the connection contest. Tell us what you did. and It'll instantly uh, enter you in the drawing for a pair of stance socks. And we give out a couple pair every single week. So look forward to hearing from you guys from that. Marn, Colton. You guys are some of my favorite people, not just young people, just people in general. And uh, did you guys have fun? I yeah. had a blast. Super fun. See, before before Colton came here, he was like, okay, oh, how so deep in my past <laughs> are we going to get? Because how much, how much Kleenex do you really have? You did a great oh. job, Colton. Mara, you guys did a great job. Love you both. And until next time, thanks for listening to the Still Tripping Podcast. We out.